You're listening to Worshipology with Curtis Parks, a biblical, practical, and spiritual conversation about living and leading worship. Let's lean into today's episode. Well, thanks so much for listening to the Worshipology podcast. Today, I'm pretty pumped because I've got my lead pastor in the room, Brian Briggs, lead pastor of Destination Church. And uh, man, we probably met briefly back in 2020. It Mm -hmm. was July you were hosting here at Destination Church, a yep. CMN church planning event, met briefly, but then it wasn't until October yeah, of 2021 in Seattle where we were really connected. I came up and did a, a worship night February of 2022, Yeah, and uh, here we are, yeah. my goodness, a year later. Yeah, the rest is history. The well, rest is we're history. making history. <laughs> <laughs> but I love this guy. You guys are going to love him too, and uh, for those who may not know, uh, Pastor Brian Briggs and Destination Church. Man, just give a little snapshot of how you got into ministry and church planning. I know yeah. we just celebrated 12 years as a church Let's here go. in the Tri-Cities. So, man, by. yeah, tell us, the, tell us the story on yeah. how you got into ministry. Yeah, well, first, it's just an honor to be on this podcast <laughs> with one of my new favorite people on the planet. Let's go. Pastor Let's go. Curtis. But, hey, thank you for your heart, not just for our church, but the church, your gift to us. Mm. But you're a gift of the kingdom, man, and Amen. man, every pastor, worship leader, anybody trying to create a worship culture, I'm sure you're already on this podcast, but you need to need to dive in. So thanks for the oh, invite, man. and uh, it's just an honor to be with you. So, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah, I mean, my, my dad was a pastor, you know, so he was a first-generation pastor, grew up as a pastor's kid, so I, I it, and a great experience, but I mean, early on, I was like, I'll do anything but but be a pastor. So <laughs> I but uh, I really uh, the Lord got a hold of my life when I was uh, a junior in high school, and you know when I when I grew up in church, good kid but never really plugged in. It wasn't a personal thing, but when I was about sixteen or seventeen, my dad had moved from one state to another, took over another church, um, and God just I went through a really dark season. But in that season, mm-hmm. usually it is those dark seasons. God gets a hold of us, and so uh, I remember in a basement. And our house just kind of struggling, but I, I really gave my life to Jesus and just a God moment with just me and him. And then wow. after that, man, it was just the local church. I just got plugged in, man. I was just, I was showing up to everything, Pastor Kurt. It's like, <laughs> I think I showed up. I, I joined the choir. I can't sing. I I, I showed up to anything they would let Let's me go, come <laughs> to. But I think that is a key. Like, man, just start serving. Wow. Just start serving the body of Christ. And you're going to figure out where you fit in, where you don't fit in, That's where your good. gifts are, where your gifts aren't. Um, but I had no agenda to be in ministry. I was just like on fire for Jesus, wanted to serve. Mm. Um, and it was in that that process on a New Year's Eve prayer meeting. Found myself in a, I think I was the only teenager at this New Year's Eve prayer meeting. Wow. Um, and uh, there was a guest speaker that night, and he even said, kind of in his ministry time, I feel like God's calling somebody here into ministry. Felt like my heart was kind of coming out of my chest. I wow. knew it was me. Yeah. Um, but I, I didn't respond. Other people came forward. I was like, well, maybe it wasn't me. And then, man, he just started giving a prophetic word that was literally describing. I was like, I better get out of my seat before he literally just says, Brian, get up. Because wow. he was describing everything wow. uh, about who I was. So I gave my, I said, I'm going to do ministry at a 17-year-old senior uh, on a New Year's Eve. One year later, found myself on a mission field on a missions trip. Wow. Uh, uh, I feel like God used that uh, to really confirm my calling. I always yeah. encourage people. Go on a missions trip at least once in your life. It, Absolutely. It was, it was on that mission field that I really felt, yes, this is what I want to do the rest of my life. Mm. Um, and then it was now, just Now, was there. that the mission trip that you met your wife, Kelly? Well, you know, missions is, is uh, <laughs> in many ways, kind of hit the next phase for me. You know, that first missions trip, um, I was trying to figure out 
wh- after high school, what's next? And so it was on that missions trip wow. uh, that I had a phenomenal time. God confirmed my calling. But it was just a, a it was, you know, it's just kind of how like you and I meet. meet. I always have this this thought that wherever God calls me, especially if it's a, a short-term trip or, a, a, you know, a ministry assignment, there's a reason I'm there. Wow. But then there's the reason I'm there. Yeah. Like, like there's, yeah. there's a reason I, like, so on a missions trip, obviously we're there to serve the people. At that time, we were in Venezuela. But I also knew God had something for me to take home. And it was a random, like, bus trip from one location to another where I just kind of happened to sit by a, a missionary. Mm-hmm. And I was just kind of, because I was just enthralled with min- ministry. So I just asked him about his story, interviewing wow. him like you're interviewing me. Yeah. Kind of asked him the same, how'd you get to where you are? And in the process, he told me about the Bible college he went to oh, wow. in Missouri. For some reason, the Holy Spirit just blew that up in my spirit. I went home. My parents were like, how was the business trip? I was like, it was great, but I know where I'm supposed to go to college. You know, next, next phase, next phase. And so it was that trip that led me to, to college. Wow. The next year, uh, I was going on another business trip to Ecuador. Um, almost couldn't. It was a last-minute thing. My brothers were going. My family couldn't afford for me to go at the last minute. Someone paid my whole way. Still don't know who today who did wow. that. And uh, it was on that trip that that I met some really cool friends that ended up introducing me to my wife. So <laughs> there you go. So that's a plug for missions. Go to missions. <laughs> uh, you can find your calling and potentially find yeah, a spouse. That's it. Man. But I'll say this, you know, just to pause, like like missions is such a vital piece of what we're called to do yeah. as Christians, as Christ followers. I mean, we know the Great Commission to the ends of the earth. And I'll say it was on a missions trip to Guatemala where Sarah and I really found like, man, this is how the gospel is lived right. out in such an easy context. I think sometimes we're we're here in the States and like obviously like in your backyard, missions exists. Yeah. But when you're on a trip to a third world country, it's like it's hard not to find the need. Yeah. And you just step into that. And I think for every worship leader or worship team member that's listening, sometimes we can get siloed into our ministry sure. and all we think about is worship. All yeah. we think about is the next Sunday, the set yeah. list. Man, think about world missions. And that's something that's really cool here at Destination Church because we do, what, four or five trips a yeah. year now? Yeah, and now we're seeing people from other countries wow. and even joining our staff that are coming here to us, you know. That's but incredible. I think, I mean, my life verse, you know, that's always found true for me is Matthew six thirty three: mm. Seek first the kingdom of God. So good. And so even my path in ministry, is it's never been pursuing ministry. It's been pursuing Jesus. Mm. And as I, and I think this is true for anybody in life, just pursue Jesus and the right things will pursue you. So seek first the kingdom wow. of God, and all these things will be added unto you. So I know too many people that pursue things yep. and want Jesus to bless it. And I just say pursue Jesus and watch the things follow you. Isn't that what David said? Like, surely goodness and mercy, mercy will, follow, will yeah. follow me. And so I, I just, it has been proven over and over in my life. Like, if I will stop trying to pursue the good things and mm. pursue God, good things will pursue me. Wow. And so putting a mission trip first is how I met my wife putting it was never pursuing an opportunity it was always pursuing God and then and that's how I got to where I am and now you know we were in Kansas City graduated college just got married just had a kid was pursuing Jesus and I felt like the Lord uh, was it was weird putting Virginia on my heart I had hmm. no idea why hmm. we were traveling full-time right out of Bible school doing uh, worked at a local church but kind of did youth evangelism was booked in Virginia for like three different trips were or opportunities and just had our first kid and I said babe I don't know why I feel this way but I just feel like when I go out to Virginia someone's going to offer us a job something's going to open up wow. and sure enough two of the three churches I was at both offered us a youth pastor wow. position ended up taking one and so we moved our family in 2001 to Virginia youth pastored uh, for eight years 
And then at the end of that, same thing in the presence of God. This is why even worship is so important. Mm -hmm. I was trying to figure out my next step. I knew something was next. I didn't know what it was. My pastor had asked me to maybe stick around and maybe take over for him when he retires. No end in date. I was offered another job in Northern Virginia, um, and I was just praying about that. But it was really on a Thanksgiving break. Didn't really hear anything from the Lord. But on the way back, I was just worshiping in my car, man. Just And I, I had just kind of stopped kind of pursuing opportunities. I said, like, God, I just want to spend some time worshiping you. And it was in that moment of just worship uh, in the middle of the night. Kids are asleep, coming back to Virginia that God just dropped the vision for destination in my in my heart. I wow. literally saw a picture of a movie, a exact movie theater at a mall and felt like God said, this is your path, next path. I want you to plant a church mm. in this movie theater. Um, and it was in worship that that God revealed that. Wow. So it's it's just like, man, just get in God's presence. Yeah. There's a verse in Psalms that says, you will show me my path of life in your presence. There's yep. fullness of joy. Yeah. And we like to focus on the, there's fullness of joy, which there is in God's yeah. presence. But don't forget, it's in God's presence that wow. he shows us our path for life. Wow. I think there's some nuggets in there for sure. I, I just wrote this down. Matthew 6.33 is a special verse for me as well. And and I think, you know, in this world where, yeah, we see, you know, albums and videos and all this stuff, sometimes it's easy for even worship leaders and worship teams to start pursuing things and opportunities right. and pursuing all these outside of Jesus even, but if we just focus on Jesus, mm -hmm. if we just focus on seek his kingdom first, yeah. and all these things will be added to you. You weren't seeking opportunity, you saw no. God. And it's like, I, I remember um, early on, I, I, and I know you've read this too, uh, I wanna say it's uh, In a Pit with a Lion on a snowy mm -hmm. day, and he talks about, Pastor Mark Batterson talks about, you know, don't seek opportunity, seek God, and opportunities will seek we'll you. Will seek after you. And it seems like that's your story. It just it seems like been, opportunities It has been, been that path of, of and it's and again why I love what we get to do here every Sunday and yeah. through worship mm. is man just get people in the presence of God because if you can keep it about Jesus like what is the first thing Jesus said follow me and I'll make you fishers of men yeah it was follow me and then I'll show you your purpose wow um, and so it's like just get people focused on Jesus mm. in the presence of God and it's in the presence of God that God reveals His purpose. And many times we're trying to chase purpose without chasing the presence. Wow. Chase the presence yeah. and you'll discover your purpose. That's so good. That's so yeah. good. Now, I mean, I got to say this because I came here uh, just as a guest worship leader, February 2022. Uh, I had never experienced a worship culture like mm -hmm. Destination Church in my life. And I had traveled for five years full time leading worship at every denomination, every background, every size church you can imagine. And there was just something, it was like sometimes it takes, you know, two or three songs for people to kind of shake <laughs> off the weariness of the week. For sure. But this was a revival night. Yeah. I think we were coming on the wings of 21 days of prayer and fasting. People were geared up and ready mm -hmm. to just engage with God that night. Talk to me a little bit about the worship culture yeah. here and then just the culture at large, because when you step foot in these doors, this is a different place. There's yeah. something about it. Yeah. I mean, this is a special place and we give God all the praise for it. Mm. Um, and there's, you know, this from now being on the inside, there's so much things we're we're working on, trying to fix, yep. trying to get yep. better. But anytime we have a guest here and you, you experience this when you were a guest, the number one thing always people say, man, the culture here is yeah. unbelievable. So I'll first say it wasn't always that way. <laughs> We didn't start the church and have this amazing yeah. worship culture. Um, and uh, it was actually uh, out of not having that that I wanted it. And wow. so, like, um, you know, we I remember being in a movie theater uh, 
and just looking back and just watching people watch what was going on and not engaging in what mm. was going on. And, and here's what I realized, uh, Pastor Curtis, is that it wasn't really what was happening on the stage because we had excellent musicians, yeah. excellent worship leaders. I'm like, man, where's the disconnect? And, and I, I started to realize that, that a lot of times we focus on what's on the stage, and that is vitally important. Um, but I realized culture really starts on the front row, not wow. really on the stage. Come on. It really starts on the front row. Yeah. I, I had a pastor recently who was a guest, uh, and he's a pastor of a really large church, and uh, and he asked me this question. And he goes, "Man, when I sh- when I came here to preach, like the place was full before the first song." Right, right. And you got to think this is a lead pastor yeah. doing really well. And he looked at me almost like, "How did you do that? <laughs> What's the secret? What's <laughs> How did secret? you get everybody there early yeah, and yeah. ready to go?" Well, let me say that didn't happen overnight. It started with being intentional to say that's what we want. So I think culture mm. always starts with getting a vision for what you want and what you don't want. Culture is wow. the feel. What do you want? And we started to think, I want people there. I don't want to waste a song. The first song is not a filler. We, we want people worshiping from day one. We yeah. wouldn't want people showing up 10 minutes into the message, right? Yep. So is the first 10 minutes of a message a waste of time? No. Wow. So the first two songs aren't a waste of time. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so, so we said we want people there. We want people engaged from the moment. Um, and so how do we do that? So we talked about, you know, really being thermos, you know, you know, thermostats, not thermometers. So good. Which means we want from the front row back, like we want people to set the culture, set the tone. Yeah. So if we want everybody there when it starts, guess where it starts? All the pastors and all the leaders need to be on the front row before the first song starts. How many churches have you been that? That is two songs in when some maybe the lead pastor walks in or the staff walks in yep. and then they start filling up the front. Wow. And then we wonder why, you know, no, people follow leadership. So makes so much sense. So we're like, hey, we want leaders on the front row excited, showing the priority of we we are ready to worship Jesus. We're not gonna waste a second. So wow. I think just putting that culture and just saying, you know, consistency beats intensity, right? Say so that again. Consistency beats intensity. Wow. Which means whatever you consistently do, you know, is is really your systems or, or what you prioritize. So what people see, consistency builds trust, mm-hmm. um, and trust is the currency of relationship. Mm-hmm. So so it just took time for us to to get buy in to say, man, we. W-. So I think the front row leads leads worship just like people on stage on how we worship, how we listen to messages, how we respond to messages. It's, wow. So I know even from my role as a lead pastor, like. You know, I don't feel like anybody has more influence in that room than me. And so I if I care, they need to see me on that front row. First song. Wow. Ready to go. And by the way, I need it. Yeah. You know, so it's not just, hey, I'm here to worship because everybody's watching me. No, man, I I genuinely love the worship time. Yeah. And it pumps me up to preach or or when I'm not preaching, pumps me up to get the word <laughs> or to receive the word. Yeah. So it just took time to, to say this is what we wanted. And then we just I think here's what people do wrong when it comes to culture. They try to teach it mm. before they model it. Wow. So a lot of preachers te- will get up and say, this is what we need to do. But then there's no models to look to. I always say before you ever preach or teach it. There needs to be plenty of models because mm. you praise what you want repeated. So when you start preaching on culture, they need to say, oh, I see. I see what you're talking about. I see you do that all the time. Yeah. So so it makes sense to me. Yeah. What's hard for people to get is when they hear you say something 
but they don't see you do something That's doing it. it. Uh, and so I think you got to have a culture where you model. You have plenty of people who are modeling the culture you want, wow. and then you just keep pointing to those people and make sure those people are in front of people. And then preach it and teach it, yep. but make sure you're modeling it first. That's so good. And I think for the worship leaders that are listening, if you're not on stage on a Sunday and you're at your church, man, be on that front row, be worshiping, because sometimes it's easy for us. I'll just say this. Whenever I go to a conference or another church, it's so easy to switch into uh, critique mode. Like, because, you know, sure. you're just always listening to the music. But, man, like when you're in your home church, if you lead worship from the front row— and I know that. I mean, culture leaks down from the top. So, mm -hmm. and this is what happens here so well is that you see that, and it's like contagious. It's yeah. like, man, okay, you know, you can immediately tell when you walk into a church five minutes in what kind of worship experience you're gonna have. Right. Oh, okay, super reserved. Everybody's quiet. Okay, we're probably gonna have you know, some really quiet music at the top. But I love our number one core value here. We are a party people. <laughs> yeah. And everything about the service, everything about you, mm -hmm. everything about our staff really supports that. It's not yeah. like we're hearing this in our core values and we're seeing this with our eyes. It really does match up. And it and it makes so much sense. Like you, you if you want a culture of engaging in worship, yeah. man, let it start with you. Yeah. Let it start with you. And I love core values. It's good to have them. Yep. But don't have something on a wall that's not in the seats and you're wow. not living it out. Yeah. And so that that party people is just, man, we want to celebrate God. We want to mm. celebrate what God's doing. Mm. And so it needs to literally come out, yeah. you know, and how we walk and how we live. Yeah. Let me ask you this. So as a lead pastor, you know, obviously, and I'm kind of like doing a little job interview on myself, like reverse engineering <laughs> this thing. But what do you look for um, in the role of a worship leader? What are you looking for? And, you know, I think this is so important for those who are listening because that worship leader, lead pastor, relationship is so vital it's so mm -hmm. key that that's strong because let's let's be honest like who is going to share the bulk of stage time for sure. and, and and potentially influence in a church and so what are you looking for in a worship leader in a worship pastor yeah. that's like man that's my guy that's that's my girl that that's that, right that's a leader right there well well first if you're a lead pastor out there listening that's such an important role if not Besides your role, the most important role. Mm. Um, and every role is important. But I remember when God called me to plant the church, um, I knew what I was called to do. I knew I was called to lead and to preach. Wow. But then, I mean, thought number two <laughs> was who's going to lead worship. Yeah. <laughs> and it's not just because that's we fill time on Sunday. I mean, it was an influence thing because I, I really had this thought, man, who's on stage more than me? Like, like who's going to be the other big influencer or mm. influencers? Mm. Um, and I just knew that that role was so vital and important. So one, don't put it down the list of, wow. of it needs to be up there with top priority as you're planting a church or starting a church. And then the second thing is like the thing I'm looking for, I, sometimes to know what you're looking for, also know what you're not looking for, <laughs> you know? That's good. So don't start with the outside. Start with the inside. Man looks at wow. the outside. God looks at the heart. Yeah. So um, it's easy to start, man, I need a guy who can play keys or play guitar or sing. Mm. And obviously those things are extremely important, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> but that's not where you start. So most famous worship leader of all time, right? We talk mm. about him a lot here, mm. David. Um, and uh, I love, what did God say about David? David was a man after my own heart. Yeah. Um, and what that really speaks to me is is not, and obviously we know because there's scripture that backs it up that David was a skilled musician, mm -hmm. skilled worship mm -hmm. leader and vocalist. But what was it? It didn't say David could crush it on guitar and harp. <laughs> I mean, the first thing God says was about his heart. 
Wow. Um, and think about even when David was selected, what you know, he was passed by over all his brothers, but yeah. but God, and that's where that prophet said, man looks at the outside, but God looks at the heart. So the first thing I'm wow. looking for is is the heart, is the heart wow. after Jesus, a heart of worship. I think a man after God's own heart means this, and we know David wasn't perfect, so it wasn't about being perfect. It was just David's heart was right after God. He followed God. He listened to God. Mm. He was a pursuer of God. Yeah. So think about it at its very core. If you're a worship leader, you are leading people in worship, but you can't lead people to a place you're not going. You can lead people in a wow. song, Yeah. but we've all seen this. Just because you can lead a song doesn't mean you're leading worship. So good. Right? So... I want I want somebody that can literally say, "Follow me as I follow Jesus." Wow! Like like, hey, I'm worshiping just with you are. So they're just you're just a step ahead of me. You just follow me as I go in the presence of God. Wow! And and we all see this where where some musicians think it's all about the the chord, the the lyric, the song, the look. Mm. They're all their focus is on the outside. Wow! You know, and I'm just saying, care about both. Uh, man does look at the outside, so the outside is important because we have people that show up that look, <laughs> so you don't want to be crazy on the outside. But but let's start where, where God starts. And wow. so that was my, and that's why I fell in love with you. And like when you came here and it was the first thing that I just got connected with you was just your heart. Mm. Like you just had a heart for Jesus and obviously you need to have a heart for people. Yeah. You know, because that's what yeah. ministry is about. That's and so cool. I think start with the heart and then and then obviously you know the skill set stuff's important, but but I think the top priority is, man. I want people that just say, "Man, follow me as I get in the presence of God." And yeah. and how do you know they have that heart? Because man looks at the outside, God looks at the heart. Are they that same way? And it's a big crowd, small crowd. You know. So wow. I, one of the first things that impressed me with you was not when you led with with thousands of people. It was when we had a small prayer meeting mm. with just a few of us. And you jumped up on a keyboard with just a few of us, and I felt like you were as passionate and as wow. going after it when nobody was in the room, or a few people were in the room, yeah. um, or a lot of people in the room. Yeah, because then you know where someone's heart is. Yep. Because if someone turns into something different when there's a lot of people, then you know what they care about. Okay, all right, that's really good, and I'm so glad you addressed that because my <laughs> follow up question was going to be like, well, how do you know the heart? Yeah, but I think that's so key because it's like you don't crave the stage, but you're not afraid of it. Mm -hmm. And I remember that's actually what you told me when we were just first starting in this process of like me coming up here was like, you know, hey, I, I, I need somebody that isn't afraid of that moment, no. can seize it, but they don't live for that moment. Yeah, they live for Jesus. And it's just out of the overflow of all that. man. Yeah, I call it humble confidence. Right. So I, good. it's a it's a it's a not a self confidence because that's arrogance. Um, it's not insecurity because that's fear, you know, and so it's it's this place where I can do all things through Christ, you yeah. know, yeah. and so go back to David. I mean, David was not afraid to take care of sheep when no one was around and fight lions and bears, but then on a big stage in front of everybody would take out Goliath as right. well, you know, right. but it was the same guy, wow. same heart, same mindset. Um, and so, yeah, I, so I think knowing that heart, you can tell someone's heart by what they care about. Out of the heart, everything flows out of the heart. So mm. if you see someone who's like, man, just always about the stage, always about being seen, always about titles, always about, uh, and there's someone, and like it's the, and then behind the scenes, they don't want to do the little things behind the scenes wow. or, or whatnot. Then, you know, you can just tell someone's heart, you yeah. know? Um, and uh, so I, I just think it's, 
yeah, I want people to have big faith and big confidence that nothing intimidates. If God gives them an opportunity that's big, mm. they're not intimidated by it. Mm. So they're not they're not too little for big moments, but they're not too big for small moments. That's huge. You know? That's huge. Yeah. I think one of the key things between a lead pastor and a and a worship leader is you know, making sure that that heart is shared. Mm-hmm. And, and it's a special thing that we have. I think it's a special thing in a lot of churches. But, you know, every now and then I have a conversation with a worship leader that's just like, hey, it's really hard for me to connect with my lead pastor. From your seat, mm-hmm. what does it look like to build that relationship? And then maybe what's one or two pieces of advice for that worship leader or worship team that's like, hey, I, I really want to connect with my lead pastor. What should I do? Yeah. I mean, there's got to be a mutual respect from the beginning, a mutual understanding of how important both roles are mm-hmm. and positions are. So I just know from my perspective, uh, from the lead pastor role, you know, I had to have great value for worship leaders and the worship time and the moment. And and I, I think you reap what you sow. So I think if you, if w- whatever role you're in, whether you're the worship leader or the worship pastor or, or lead pastor, just consider each other first, you know, put each other first. Wow. Ask a lot of questions. Yep. It, it takes spending time together. I, so I, I have just different analogies that I look at it, which is because everybody thinks their thing's the best thing or the most important thing, <laughs> and it's not. It's G- Jesus is the most important thing. But like what we do, we're, it's just, it, it, we're not in competition with each other. Mm. There's not a spirit of competition. So if there's, yeah. if there's a spirit of competition, then, then we're not on the same team. So yeah. like football has offense and defense. You need both, right? So um, true. You ever watch a movie without music? It's not that good. Nope. <laughs> Would you want to watch a movie with no pictures and just music? You know, like, and so I think the worship mm. and the word and the worship pastor and the lead pastor, they have to, they, it's just like a good movie with a soundtrack and, and scripts and lights. It all has to come together for the same purpose. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, the, and we're presenting a, a message every single weekend through song, through word of focusing on Jesus, of what who God is and what he wants to do. So it, I think it just takes a a heart to be there for each other, ask a lot of questions. Wow. Um, but we want to help each other win. And we see when I win, you win, you win, when you win, I win. Mm-hmm. And so it's just get we gotta be on the same page. And there's an anointing that comes on unity. So when, you wow. know, you know, so, you know, Psalms one thirty three, how good it is when people live in unity, there's an anointing on that. Um, and so of course, if you read that Psalms, uh, when it talks about just the anointing, there's there's a blessing and there's an anointing in unity. Mm. Um, so, of course, the enemy, if he wants to try to rob your church of, a, of an anointing or the presence or the power, then he's going to do anything he can to put a wedge between, you know, anybody on the team. But wow. especially, we see this happen a lot with, with lead pastors, worship pastors, mm-hmm. or, or any key staff that... If I if the enemy can get a get something in there to just a little spirit of envy, a little spirit of jealousy, mm. a little spirit of mm. we're not on the same page, do your job while I'm doing like wow. it's we can lose that so fast. And yeah. so I think it takes that humility, put others first, ask a lot of good questions, um, and then just know, man, it takes teamwork to make the dream work. Yeah. Like we all need each other That's to, so good. to make this happen. Well, and one thing that I've noticed, you know, just being here, and I noticed this when I came as a guest, is the there is a unity in the diversity. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes we put diversity above unity, but there's a unity yeah. that really diversity shines through. Right. And, and this is like one of the most diverse churches I've ever stepped foot in. Mm-hmm. And I know, you know, obviously coming on the wings of these last three years, every church has had to fight for unity. Right. But what is it like between worship and lead pastor 
that, you know, just promoting unity, being intentional about unity. What's one or two things that like leaders and teams listening can do to be intentional about that? You know, I think we all want it, but what is maybe some practical things that we can step into and in making yeah. that happen? Yeah. So I think, you know, probably a lot of people listening here are musicians and, you know, you can always tell, even if you don't know music well, you can tell when something's not the right tone or the mm. right pitch. Mm -hmm. You know, you can tell something's off key. <laughs> and I know enough music to know when, oh, that didn't sound right. I'm not sure what was wrong. Yeah. But I know it was wrong. Yeah. Well, people see that. Wow. So people can walk into a room and, and, and if me and you or the team's not unified, they may not be able to say, oh, Pastor Brian and Pastor Curtis aren't getting along. But, mm. Because they didn't see maybe a disagree. They didn't, but then when we're ministering, they sense it. They can yeah. feel it. Um, and so I think it's just important for us to fight for that. And, and one of the things we say here is just a, a role is that my strengths give me a role. My weaknesses give me a team. So there's wow. this real identity of... You, we, you might want to say that again. Yeah, so my strengths give me a role. We all have strengths. But then we all have weaknesses. Our weaknesses give us a team. Wow. This is why marriage is so strong. This is why even marriage is a reflection of the church, right? Yeah. The bride of Christ. Because we need each other, and we need a lot of self-awareness to know, okay, of all the spiritual gifts, of all the personalities, all this, you know, I have a very narrow lane that's my strength. You know, mm -hmm. so I, when I look at Destination Church... Um, you know, I have two or three things. I always tell people, if you think you're, you bring two or three more things to the table than two or three things, you probably, your, your spiritual gifts, probably pride, you know? So <laughs> I have just probably two or three things that I really yeah. bring to the table. Yeah. And then there's just hundreds of things I don't. Right. Um, so I'm not going to be insecure about my weaknesses because I, I just know this, if I'll stay in my lane, but also like let everybody know my weaknesses because my mm. weaknesses is somebody else's strength. Yeah. And so when people don't feel like you're intimidated by that, uh, man, you don't, you don't care that someone may outshine you in something. One, it's not about titles. It's not about uh, who gets the credit. Um, if we just have a mindset where, man, let's just all bring our best to the table, but then give room for everybody else to bring their best to the table then God's going to get the glory. We're going to wow. lift up Jesus. He's going to draw people to himself. And unity is not about uniformity. So, like, we want everyone to be themselves, right? Yeah, yeah. We want you to shine in your personality, your gift set, your gender, your race, your all those things. Yeah. But the thing that brings us together is, is what we're chasing after, the same God, the same spirit, mm. the same calling. Mm. Bring bring you to the table, but it's not about you. Wow. So, like, you, you have to... You have to really know yourself and know who you are and know who you're not. Yeah. And just never get intimidated when someone else shines on their strength. Because, you know, I, I just think this, like, like when you shine with your gifts, it makes me better. Mm. You know, it makes mm. me want to be better. I It inspires me to want to shine in my gift, wow. you know. Wow. But don't compare. We shouldn't compare someone's gift to somebody else's. Wow. Um, and, and I think, again, it just goes back to that heart thing. It's very easy to start to want to take credit when things go good. Or, or it's like, man, let's just keep giving it all to God and give it to each other. Let's just encourage God, encourage each other, and play our part. And you're going to be fulfilled. Um, but that unity factor is something you have to constantly guard yeah. and protect first yeah. in you. You know. Wow. And I think the moment you feel, because we're all going to feel it. We all have insecurities, and we are going to have the enemy kind of poking at us. I just know for me, like the moment I start to feel a certain way about somebody or insecure about something is the moment I know that's when I need to go encourage them or I need to 
shine the light on somebody wow. else even more yeah. when I'm feeling the need to yeah. do the opposite. And so um, I think it's just why personally we just need to stay really close to the Lord because it's in our weakness He's strong. And so like I think the the we tend to do the opposite many times is that we try to push God and push people away mm. when we're feeling insecure. And that's when we just need to lean into each other. Wow. We're just better together, man. That's so and good. And it's just so much more fun that way too, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, we, we say this often here is like, you can go fast alone, but you go far together. together yeah. And I'm seeing this picture of a, a giant picnic table and Hey, I can make a really good burger. Okay. But when it comes to the side, like potato <laughs> salad, baked beans, everything that makes that burger taste better. I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> and I'm just thinking like there's room at the table. Yeah. Give other people opportunity to bring something to the table. I think sometimes leaders get burnt out because they do everything themselves. And it's like, right. I, I think I heard Andy Stanley once say, look, if you're about 80% sure that somebody can take something, give it to them. Yeah. You know, they might only do it half as good as you do, but that fourth or fifth time they do it, they may do it better than you did it. Right. And I think if you're if you're stressed out, if you're you're exhausted and you're listening, Look for those things that you can not offload, but empower others with yeah. that just might be their skill set and their gift. That's so good, man. And yeah, we got to fight for I that. I always try to ask our staff and team, what's in your hands that needs to be in somebody else's hands? Wow. You know? Yeah. Um, and by the way, I think we should be open-handed with ministry, not closed-handed. Mm, Nothing is ours. It's not my team, my leaders, my ministry. No, this is God's church. Yeah. And if, we, if we're open-handed with people, and with ministries, it's it's it takes faith to do that because it, that open handed is like it's it's a position where God can take something away from you. So yep. that's scary, but it's also a place God can give something to you. Wow! So the Lord gives and the Lord takes away. But I think that open handedness. So if there's something that's in your hands ministry wise, mm. and by the way, if you're a leader, Ephesians tells us it is not our job to do ministry; it is our job to give it away. Exactly, and to train and equip people for ministry. Wow. So this is not come watch us do ministry. This is no, we're here to train you to do ministry. Mm. So we need to constantly be giving. And that, by the way, if we're going to grow, we got to let go. I mean, that's, <laughs> yeah. if you want to see a church to grow, it's just constantly let go of ministry, let go of ministry, equip wow. more people. And, you know, that's hard because not everybody's going to do things the way you would do them. Right. Um, and your preferences and all those things. But, but man, what's the... What's the opposite of that? Trying to do everything on yourself is going to be a burden and stressful. Mm. And I just don't think ministry is meant to be this overwhelming burden. You know, come to yeah. me, all who are weary. I'll give you re my yoke is easy. Jesus said, mm. this thing is so much easier yeah. if we do it together. That's so good. That is <laughs> so good, man. Well, hey, listen, in, in these last few minutes, I want to ask you a question that I've been asking everybody this year on the yeah. podcast. What is the Holy Spirit speaking to you for this season, for this moment that you think, man, I think this could be something for the global church, and I know I'm experiencing it personally. What is the Holy Spirit speaking to you right now, Pastor Brian? Yeah, I think it's just really been back to that, just get people in God's presence. Prayer is a priority. Mm. Um, so there's that we, we want to have systems. It's the new wine and the wine skin. Like, I think it's both ends. So we, we as leaders need to focus on our systems and focus on getting better our skill sets. And, yep. Um, raising up leaders and doing all these things. That's the wine skin. But man, let's not let's not forget about the new wine. And I think it's prayer and worship and getting people in the presence of God. Because I think it's, you know, many times we make we make prayer in a sense like like uh God here's our agenda. So would you bless it? Mm. And 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 so prayer prayer is saying this like prayer is is 
saying, God, prayer is the agenda. Lord, it's not what we want to do. It's what do you want to do? Wow. And so it's not, God, would you come bless our thing? It's like, God, what is it that you're blessing? And, and so, God, what's the play call? Like, it's not, it's not like in a huddle where you're, you're like, hey, here's the call. We all, like, let's do it. It's no, it's us getting in a huddle, and Jesus is the quarterback, and he's saying, here's the play. Mm. And so, like, I just think right now God is awakening. I think there's an awakening happening in wow. the church. Yeah. Um, and, and I think the more that we just focus on the presence of God, mm. all things are possible. Mm. Uh, the other thing I felt like the Lord was saying this year was just focus more on who God is than who we are. And there's nothing wrong with, like, self-discovery and discovering who you are. But many times, even in the church, we're constantly talking about us instead of talking about God. Wow. And so even in this season, I felt like the Lord just said, get people's attention on who I am. Because mm. when people realize who I am, they're going to discover who they are. Yeah. Um, and and uh, and so that happens through worship. It happens through preaching. Um, is that, man, let's just lift up the goodness of God, the character of God, the, the who he is, how big he is. And I think when we do that with worship and word, Man, it just takes all the limits off in people's minds and in our hearts and the church. Wow. Because I think our best days are absolutely here right yeah. now. Yep. Not like crazy in the future. The harvest is right here right now. Wow. Not just here at our church. It's all over the world. God Everywhere. is doing a new thing. I, I love what Isaiah says. I'm doing a new thing. Do you see it? Do you see it? Do you see it? <laughs> That's it. And so it's people are like, man, I can't wait to see God. No, he's doing something now. Mm. The problem is, is that you don't see it. And many times you don't see it because you're not praying. Mm. You're not in the presence of God. Wow. When you really get in that place and you get people in the presence of God, it's like there's a just an awakening that happens. So let's man. get back to the simple things, man. Let's pray. Let's worship. Let's get in the word. Um, and I think when we do that community, God's going to reveal who he is. And then he's going to reveal who we are. Wow. And it's going to be a fun ride. Hey, if you don't have any uh, song ideas, I think this podcast has probably given you at least three <laughs> or four. I know, you know, one of the things that's on your heart right now is to preach and tell people this is God. This, this, this is, is who, who he is. is. And of course, you know, like that, there's that new Phil Wickham song, This Is Our God, and it's been yeah. on repeat in my head. But I think that's the thing. It's like show people who God is mm -hmm. and they'll discover who they are. Yeah, you know? 100%. Man, I love your heart. Thanks for joining us on Worshipology, man. Couldn't have asked for a greater Last 38 Keep minutes. doing you, man. For all those guys out there, stay. <laughs> yeah. Keep following Pastor Curtis. He's, <laughs> he's going to equip you to be the, everything God's called you to be. So thanks for the invitation. Oh, man. Love you. Appreciate you. Love you too, bro. You've been listening to Worshipology with Curtis Parks. To learn more and to find resources for worship leaders and teams, you can visit curtisparks.com.